0: song of solomon chapter 6 and verse 10 if you're there say amen. amen the question is who is she who is she that looketh forth as the morning fair as the moon clear as the sun and as terrible as an army with banners who is she That is as terrible as an army with banners. Who is she that is as mighty and fierce and terrible as an army with banners? Another word that we could insert here. That is as terrible as an army with a standard. Who is she that is as terrible as an army with a standard? Tonight, I want to preach to you for the next few minutes. It's time to raise the standard. It's time to raise the standard. Let's put our Bibles down tonight. Let's call on the Lord
1: together. Great God, we need you to
0: help. We need you to guide you to God. Let your spirit move. Let it work. Hallelujah. I pray, God, that you would have free course in this place tonight. Let the power of the Holy Ghost move and work in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, speak to your church tonight. Speak to your church tonight. Let the power of the Holy Ghost saturate and permeate this place. God, we're going to give you the praise and the thanks and the glory for it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I, uh, I was walking in tonight to the sanctuary and I walked by Sister Kim on the back row and she said, is it okay if I share it? She said that she went to the eye doctor. Some of you that do not know, she went a few weeks ago It had some, something going on in her eye. She had a blood clot that had formed behind her eye. And she went to the doctor this week because the church had been praying. And the doctor said, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to go back to completely normal and I don't need to see you for another three weeks. a miracle working God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is so good. We rejoice with you tonight, Sister Kim, and thank the Lord for that. Amen. 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 So tonight, I want to just lay a little groundwork, if I could, for you. I feel like the Lord's going to help us in this place. I want God to get the glory for everything that's done in this house tonight, and I feel like He will. Somebody is going to realize who you are in Jesus tonight. You are not an accident. You're a child of God. You've been filled with His Spirit, called out of darkness into His marvelous light. Aren't you glad to be a child of God? Amen. The Scriptures are full of of reading about standards and banners. As a matter of fact, if you get into the chapters that some say are the hard-to-read chapters... As the tribes are being laid out and the heads of the tribes and all the names and the begats and all of that, you find some interesting language that each tribe, as they begin to form, that they were all formed underneath their own standard. That every tribe had their standard. Their standard was their identity as they marched. Whether it was Dan or uh, Reuben or Judah, whatever, they each had their own standard. It was a standard that let people know who they were. It was a public profession. Before anybody ever talked to anybody in the group, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is where we're from. This is who our family is. The power of their standard was that their standard spoke volumes to people that would look from a distance. As we are children of the Most High God, I feel that it is so valuable for us as children of the Lord to be certain that everywhere we go, we raise a standard in our lives to let people know before we ever open up our mouth who we belong to, who our Father is. Some would look at the way we live and say, ah, really, the, the Lord doesn't require all that of us. I'm telling you that the Lord has always. Required Of his people To be different than everybody else The Lord has always required That his people raise a standard And the world knows That there is a difference in his people It's the standard that identifies them It's the standard that allowed them to know What their job was Where they fit in the kingdom of God If you were to walk under the standard of Levi There was no question That you were under the standard of the priesthood And the priesthood had obligations and duties that they had to do and if you didn't like the obligation then all you had to do was walk out from underneath the standard and you were no longer obligated to the standard of the people but there was something that came over the hearts of those tribes and those men when they realized that the standard they wore was not only their identity it was also their protection it was also what allowed the world to know you don't want to mess with them because if you touch them you have messed with their standard And when you mess with their standard, you've messed with their family. (laughs) During the War of 1812, the ship that Francis Scott Key was on was detained from leaving the waters near Baltimore. Looking across the bay in Baltimore Harbor, he could see Fort McHenry in the distance. It was September the 13th, 1814. 1814. As the night fell and light waned, suddenly the smoke of cannons and the burst of bombs lit the sky brightly. The screams of the war's dying had filled the night air. And Francis Scott Key could hear the shouts of victims and the howl of missiles piercing the air, but no sound gave a clue as to who was winning and who was losing. Pay close attention to that. The sound was not what let him know who was winning and who was losing. Only the morning light would reveal the battle's outcome. As darkness gave way through the light and they had fought all night long, Francis Scott Key picked up the back of an envelope and began to write, Oh say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's less gleaming? Whose Broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh say, does that star, spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? Francis Scott Key said it wasn't just the sound that let me know who was winning. He said, but when finally daybreak had dawned, I saw the standard of the people. And went, oh my, and when I saw the standard, I knew who won the war. There's a lot of people in Christendom that make a lot of noise. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people who used to make fun of the noise that we make. But now they're making the same kind of sound, but they don't have the same standard. There's a lot of people that look at our worship. Back in the day, they looked at us, oh, no, tongue talking's of the devil. I'll never worship like that. But they realized that there was power in a worshiping people. And so now they try to worship like we do. But there is a difference. When you go down in a watery grave of baptism, you take on a name. You take on a name that's on the standard and our standard looks a little bit different because we don't
1: abide by the creeds of men. We've got the standard of the name of Jesus.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The standard, the banner, the flag of our country waved gallantly in the morning breeze declaring for all to see that our army had withstood the attack and repelled the enemy. I'm going to tell you, I'm not here to preach because God's not American. I understand that. But I want to tell you that every American ought to be proud to lift the banner of our country and declare that we are still the land of the free and the home of the brave. It may not make a lot of people happy, but I like to come home from a foreign country and see our standard still waving. And I'll tell you what else I like to do. I like to go to another apostolic church somewhere and find out they've still got a standard waving. I want you to know tonight, we are not alone. There are people in this hour who still love truth. And they
1: still love Jesus' name. And they still love holiness. And they still love separation. And they're glad to be a part of the standard of God.
0: Praise the Lord. as the children of God have got to be very careful now I'm, I'm probably going to get off on the wrong foot here for just a second with a few of you but don't misquote me and don't misconstrue what I'm about to say but I know people that would gladly step toe to toe with you and fight over the standard of our country sure. come on yeah. come on Woo. this face can get quiet up in here I feel it <laughs> <laughs> they'll be glad to fight over the standard of a nation But they don't have any problem with getting rid of the standard of the kingdom of God. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that sometimes we're more American than we are God's people. Ain't that right, choir? (laughs) Sometimes we got to be careful that our patriotism doesn't get more powerful than our Holy Ghostism. Hey, I'm telling you, we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. God didn't save us because
1: we're American. He saved us because we were in sin and in our trespass. But thank God that in the fullness of time, he sent forth his son, born of a virgin.
0: Thank God. Woo! As Christians, we've got to lift the banner. We've got to lift the flag for the world to see. I want to break this down for you very plain, and I I want this to be as kind as I can say it because I feel like some people need to know how to answer questions in your life. You've heard me teach this and preach this so many times because I feel this, but I believe we're in a sad state of affairs when our young people are asked why they live the way they live, and the only answer that they can give is because that's what our church teaches. Amen. Why do you guys live the way you live, separated from the world? Well, because that's what my pastor teaches. Something has to happen to you. If you're still blaming the church for your conviction, you're not under the standard. If you're still blaming your pastor for your conviction, you're not under the standard. you got to get under the standard of conviction in your own life that I do this because I love God. And I do this because I want to be different than the world. And I do this because I want people to see that there is a difference in my life. Young people,
1: you don't ever have to be ashamed to live in the standard of a Holy Ghost, one God, apostolic church.
0: thankful tonight if we did everything the world does and go everywhere the world goes watch everything the world watches wear everything the world wears are we re- are we really under the standard see this word gets interchanged a lot like it's synonymous with standards and holiness but we got to be very very careful Because my standard does not prove that I'm holy necessarily. Oh, Lord. Jesus got to talking to the Pharisees that had an outward standard. But they had some serious inward problems. Their outward standard was visible for everybody to see. But they weren't holy people. They appeared to be holy. And we've got to be very careful that just because we can put on an apostolic standard and let the world see the standard, that that doesn't really identify who we are. If when they come talk to us and we open up our mouth, we spew out bitterness and venom and depression and we... If we spend our lives walking around under a shadow of darkness and in and out of jobs and in and out of marriages and in and out of relationships and we don't know how to love people and we don't know how to forgive people, are we really under the standard? Are we, re- are we really wearing the name because we look different? If somebody asks you why you look different and you roll your eyes, you're not under the banner. You're under bondage. And to people that don't love his name, it sounds like bondage to them. Those apostolic people, man, I I don't want to go there because you got to be under bondage. Hey, let me make something crystal clear to this world tonight. If this is bondage, if this is bondage, we're all in trouble. Because my Bible said he that the
1: son has set free. He is free indeed.
0: Some people look at you and say, man, what's wrong with you? You don't have the kind of fun you used to have. You're not near as fun as you used to be. (laughs) Man, I don't understand. How do you have so much? Well, you know what people that are honest will tell you. When you quit spending your money on gambling and drugs and cigarettes. You quit spending your money on alcohol. It's amazing how much you've got to give back to the Lord, and it's amazing when he sets you free that it, there's really not too much that he could ask of you. It's not too much for you to get the word of God and him saying, Come out from among them and be a separate saith that's not
1: expensive and it's not bondage. it's the standard and the banner that says I've been set free from this world
0: I'm telling you, an apostolic church is the best fun you can have for a dollar anywhere. (laughs) Some of y'all will get that in a little bit. So you can't have this much fun anywhere else. People talking about speaking in tongues. Oh, that's of the devil. Okay. I just can't walk too far down that road with you. Because I'm just going to tell you. The devil don't have anything that good. For those who don't believe that... Speaking in tongues is in the scripture that it's for us today And that it's of the devil Let me tell you if the devil had the monopoly on something that good They'd be speaking in tongues in every nightclub around the world They'd be speaking in tongues in every bar and honky tonk there is The devil don't have access to anything that good
1: As a matter of fact the Bible said That angels long to look into the power of the Holy Ghost There is nothing like being filled with the Holy Ghost
0: Somebody shout amen. amen. <laughs> who is she? Who is this woman? Who is she? That is as a terrible army under a standard. Who is she? The Bible has much to say about flags and standards. It has much to do about the mighty army that marches under that banner. But who is she? Who is that standard? Who is. That mighty army. Well, I can tell you this. It's not everyone who shows up for church on Sunday morning and goes through the rigors of religious activities. (laughs) It's not for those who march to the cadence of creeds and men's philosophies. It is not those that march to the beat of The drum of the world, yet profess with their mouth that they love Jesus. Jesus talked about them too. He said, They profess me with their mouth. But their heart, whoo, God have mercy. But their heart is far from me. Can I love you folks and pastor you at the same time and tell you tonight that talk is cheap? Anybody can say they love God. But you're not under a standard because you can talk the talk. If you're going to be under the standard, it's going to be because you walk the walk. It has never been enough to despise sin. It has never been enough to just say you love truth. You've got to love truth and despise iniquity at the same time. You can't just stand around and talk about all the foolishness and the sin of this world and what the Supreme Court's doing and what politicians are doing. You know what? Politicians been doing that for a long time. They're all breaking the silence now. They're trying to filter it. They're talking about it. That, that Washington D.C. is filled with Satan, satanic rituals and sexual orgies and all kinds of parties. And this is what the people that are ruling in our nation are doing. Well, these are the people that think they're ruling in this nation because they don't get the final say about revival and they don't, they don't get the final say about harvest. We got people supposedly leading this country can't even come to a press conference without slurring their speech because they're so drunk and intoxicated. Filled with promiscuity. And we're looking to them for our deliverance. Boy, I'm telling you, that right there gets some of that political spirit in this church just as tight as a banjo. They ain't hard to sniff out. You start talking about their little political leaders. They don't like it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not submitted to their last call. I'm not. Nor do I believe that 2022 in the fall or 2024 in the fall is going to change anything. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to vote. I know who I'm going to support, and I'm going to stand with that. But that's not what's going to change the dynamic of revival in the 21st century church. We are not under the standard of the United States of America. We are under the
1: standard of the Word of God, and we're going to see harvest. It's the truth.
0: People will fight you over being a Democrat. They'll fight you over being a Republican. They'll fight over that banner. Hey, folks, I, hate, I really hate to do this. but I'm just going to bust in this business meeting and tell you, there's no such thing as true conservatives in politics. Should I back up and say that one more time? There is no such thing as true conservatives in politics. But the sad thing is, is when I looked at the church, oh God, Bishop, you may have to bail me out. It's getting harder and harder to find true conservatives.
1: getting harder to find conservatives in the body of Christ that'll say we disembrace the things of this world and we embrace the things of the kingdom of God <laughs> uh, who is she who is this woman
0: who is she Well, she's not the one that just confessed with her mouth and believed in her heart she's not the one that just calls herself a Christian She is a remnant in the church of the living God. And she is as terrible as an army with banners. She is a woman that has separated herself unto the bridegroom. She is a woman that has made herself ready. She is not just pure and chaste virgin. But she is a woman that has her lamp filled with oil. She is a woman that when the bridegroom comes, she doesn't just want people to say she looks holy. She wants the world to
1: know, not only do I look holy, but I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And I've got enough oil to get through the night.
0: Can I preach for a minute tonight? We're so consumed with looking pure to the world. And we should. Got to. Ten virgins. Nobody said anything about their virginity. They're all pure. but five of them were called foolish. Because they weren't prepared for the coming of the bridegroom. They were the group that said, "You know what? I'll just wait and buy some later." I'll just wait and fill up later. There's some folks that come on Sunday nights like this and say, "I'm just not ready to lay down my will right now. Maybe I can fill up next Sunday night." But somebody's going to get caught off guard while you're still standing around trying to figure out whether or not it's worth paying the cost. There's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound and
1: Is there anybody that wants to be rapture ready?
0: How do we do it, Pastor? Every fresh new move of God in human history has been preceded by the devotion and righteous passion of individuals who knew their God And they knew where they were going. They weren't just wandering aimlessly through life. Trying to figure out what we're going to do next. No. Moves of God were marked by people. That got themselves in alignment with heaven's idea. And got themselves in alignment with people in the room. Listen, this church did not start in chaos. This church started with people that really wanted to pay the price. You've heard it before. 500 gathered on the mountain. On the day of Pentecost, 120 in the upper room. Simple math tells you that's 380 that did not listen to what Jesus Christ himself said. I have to remind myself sometimes of that right there. I have to do it, Sister Doris, because I've said it before. If Jesus Christ himself would have preached that, they wouldn't have listened. And it's true. Jesus Christ told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father which you have heard of me. And somewhere between the mountain and Jerusalem, these people fell off by the wayside and only 120 of them made it. But the Lord said, I can do more with 120 that want this. Than I can with 380 that haven't made up their mind. There was 120 that said, "I want to get under
1: the standard. I want to be a standard bearer. I want to, oh God, I want to raise the standard of truth."
0: Can I just preach to you? In a day when the foundations of our society are no longer built on the solid rock of Christ. But on the sinking sand of relativism Somebody's got to come to the forefront And become what's been lacking in the body of Christ I'm going to be strong here for just a minute, okay? Y'all still love me when I leave We need godly and anointed standard bearers That are not standing around Still trying to figure out if it's worth the price or not Counting the cost Mm. If you're still trying to figure out what you've got to lay down Instead of focusing on what we get to pick up. I don't say this to sound exclusive tonight. But there is something about the difference in people of the name. There is something in the difference of a church. That is filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's something different in a church. That will preach the truth unadulterated. Without fear or favor of men. There is a difference. should have been building on the foundations of faith hope and love that were passed down by what jesus told us and the apostles taught us that this church was built on the foundation of apostles and prophets this is what the apostles and prophets handed down was faith hope and love but instead we've been building follow me closely we've been building on fear and panic Putting our hope in political masterminds who have manipulated the unthinking and undiscerning masses to perpetuate their own perversions. Listen, this world, whether you believe it or not, they're preaching their own doctrines. And we were warned by the apostle Paul that it was coming. He said it's doctrines of devils. I'm going to stand before you tonight and make some bold statements because we need some standard bearers. But if you're still trying to figure out how to clearly define what a man is and what a woman is, you're not under the same standard.
1: It's perversion.
0: It was said the other day. That parents are doing extreme injustice to children that want to be another sex and their parents won't allow them to to mutilate their genitals and and have surgical replacement for their genitals on their body. Listen, that's coming from the head honchos in this nation. And you think that's going to bail us out and give us revival? I know. I know. I I, I saw the same thing. I didn't see it on the news, but I, I read it online. When they're asking nominees to the Supreme Court, can you define what a woman? Who happened to be there because she was a woman? Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. They say, "What is a woman?" I, I, I can't answer that. I'm not a biologist. It happened. I'm not a biologist. Well, I'm not either. But we've had three babies. And the moment they were born and the doctor held them up by their feet, it was pretty clear. Yeah. And now that they're all three teenagers almost, great, Justin Fish would be a teenager, it's never been more clear than it is right now. Wow. There is a constant flowing river of estrogen Listen, I'm being being sincere with you. I want you to think about the, the perversion of this world. You have a man that switches to become a woman, and a woman that switches to become a man, and then they want to date each other, but say they're not heterosexual. Come on, watch out! It's happening right now. So, so then, if you guys are, no matter what you've done to the plumbing. In the original context of that relationship, it's a heterosexual relationship. Okay. All right. I guess I'll just have to call it like it is. If you're born and your name is Bruce, you're not going to stand before God as Caitlin. You're going to stand before God as what he created you to be. I'm trying to be vague tonight, okay? Because I know Zuckerberg's transcribers are going to town right now. But I had a pilot friend the other day that delivered an airplane from, from here, from Anderson to California to a particular individual's son who when they got there to take the airplane to the son the former father that now wants to be a mother came to the airport and they went to lunch and this elderly man that I'm friends with I, I got this second handed but the elderly pilot friend of, of mine that delivered the aircraft said, "When he when he walked in, he said this dude is six four, six five, had long hair, and said hello." <laughs> he said the thing that was so funny, and 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 I'm not embellishing this. I'm just telling you the short version, was that when they walked by groups of men, all the men would go whoa, until. He walked past and they saw his face. (laughs) Pastor, you're just making fun. No, I'm not. I'm calling out the spirit of the age. Listen. It's a spirit of perversion. That's why we still believe that women ought to look like women. And men ought to look like men. It is not just a matter of church holiness. It is not just a matter of church separation. It is what God created. It's what God made. And
1: when we start questioning that, we are questioning the mind of the Creator. Hey, I'm telling you, my God does not make mistakes. You were not a mistake.
0: If you believe in that doctrine of perversion, then you've got to agree with people who say, I was a mistake in this life and I have no use and, and there's nobody that loves me. You have to believe that if you're going to believe the doctrines of perversion. Look, I'm going to tell you how Jesus taught it. Jesus said, you love me or you hate me. Come on now. He said, you're for me? Come on, y'all are preaching so good. He said, you are for me? You can't be for him and for that. I don't want to disturb our children. So I'm going to be as vague with this as I can. I watched an undercover reporter this past week that walked into a clinic in New York. Okay? Adults with me? It's a clinic that they say they're, they're just planning your parenthood. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. This undercover reporter goes in, have, had their camera on. They didn't know that. This woman was setting up, acting like she was going to remove the problem. And she asked this doctor, she said, just, just curious. After the procedure, do you guys ever see them moving? Do do they still move when it's over? And they're removed. And he said, oh, no, no. He said, I've just kind of learned in the procedure. I'm talking about the dude never blinked, never heartless. He never even took a breath. He said, nah, I just cut the umbilical cord before the procedure so they just expire in the womb. Hey, we need somebody that'll raise the standard. Brother St. Clair, I got friends that believe it's a choice. It's not a choice. That's a problem. You church people are just dogmatic. No, I'm just in love
1: with my creator. And I choose to believe in his wisdom. Since when
0: did this become a platform that's even up for debate? Oh, God. We've got people in this present world who are lost and confused. Listen to me. Please hear me. Pastor's not being ugly tonight. I, I've I got to help somebody. We need somebody to raise a standard. But we're constantly talking about the confusion of this world while we're still confused in the church. I'm, 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 I'm trying to preach God. While the world has been lying well, we have been telling the truth badly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The world's been doing a good job at lying. But we've been doing a poor job at telling the truth. Oh, my, my. If preachers don't call it sin, how do we expect people to change? Uh, I know that I've always tried to be extremely balanced. I've always tried to lead this church with balance. I've tried to lead my family with balance. I know guys have preached so hard to preach against everything but fresh air. They preach things that they they can't live themselves, so they backslide and start doing it. I'm not not some ultra con, as they call them, some ultra conservative. You, You know what frustrates me, though? Okay, can I just be honest? Can I just say this? Is when the people that just are what we've always been are now labeled the ultra conservatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, yes, mm. Oh, God. Can I tell you all what's happened? Can I just tell you what's happened? Instead of the church being the anchor and saying, This is what we believe and we're not going to move, and the world is here and we keep our distance the problem is that we don't just let the world walk away we remain separate but at the same rate we are still separate from the world but as the world has gone the church has moved with it and and, oh jesus And we stay just godly enough that we can't be called worldly, but just, oh Lord, Bishop, but just worldly enough that people feel comfortable to stay the way they are. I don't know, be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever preached this here or not, but I felt so led to talk about this tonight. I got in the scripture several years ago. I, I, I don't know if I've ever preached this here or not. Sister Jenny will have it in her notes if I did. I said at the rally Friday night, I was preaching Section 3 rally, and I said, I don't even know the last time I preached this message. I got a text after church. It was at 8 8, eight, eight In Timothy, Paul's writing. I've got to hurry. Paul's writing to his beloved son in the gospel, and he said, Timothy, I need you to hurry up and get here. He said, please come to me speedily. And he said, I need you to bring a couple things with you. He said, bring my coat with you. Uh, He said, I want you to bring the parchments with you. And then he goes into this heart-wrenching, this heart-wrenching narrative that as a pastor, it really, like, it breaks my heart. Because he said to Timothy, he said, I need you to come. Because Sister Carol, he said, Demas... Hath forsaken me. Having loved this present world. Okay? Now, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let y'all in on a window tonight. Okay? You may, you may not believe this. But when people walk away from truth, it breaks your pastor's heart. Paul said, I feel forsaken. He, he said, Demas forsook me. I feel forsaken because Demas left the truth, having loved this present world. And I was in prayer one night. Y'all got your seatbelts on? I was in prayer one night, and the Lord asked me this question. He said, would Demas even feel like it was necessary to leave you if he wanted to do what Demas did now? And I was like, what? What? The Lord said to me, this is how he speaks to me. I didn't hear it audibly. He was speaking to my spirit. The Lord said, now we've come to the place that because Demas is so talented, we'll let him sing in the choir. We'll let him play the keyboard because he's the most talented keyboard player we got. He said, would Demas even feel like it was necessary to leave? Is the life that he wants to live so contrary to what you preach that he would have to leave you to do what he wanted to do because he felt so convicted? Are we really raising the standard? When Demas doesn't even feel like he has to leave and live like that. We don't know what he was doing we just knew he loved this present world but we cannot afford you listen to this preacher tonight i'm telling you this both as a warning and in the confidence that you'll know that your man of god loves truth more than i've ever loved truth in my life but we cannot afford to turn sin loose in the church because of talent Can I just pastor you for a minute on this Sunday night? Don't you dare step on this choir and in this platform and, and try to play music and teach our kids in Sunday school class when you're living in
1: adultery and you're living in fornication. We've got to raise the standard.
0: Elder, I'm old fashioned But I believe in the power of impartation And I don't Lord Jesus help me right now I don't believe you got any business Being in this altar laying hands on people When you're struggling with your flesh If you got a spirit of adultery on you And you're laying hands on these young people I believe in impartation
1: Hey, I'm not being ugly But get your hands off of them And let somebody that's got the Holy Ghost pray for them If you can't be faithful to your wife or faithful to your husband, don't go telling our young marriage how to take care of their marriages.
0: I I, I haven't preached like this in a long time. But I'm telling you, I feel we got to raise a standard in this generation. We need standard bears that realize that the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Yeah. We need some people that will rise up in this generation. Oh God. I was talking at lunch today with my family. And the fries joined us for lunch today. And we were talking at the table. It's a special week in sports. And there's certain athletes that like no matter what happens in the world, like all the attention's on them. And I began to talk to them at the table today about what's went on behind the scenes and all of the promiscuity in this man's life and all of the I'm talking about disgusting flying into cities and having 20 and 25 women at a time meet him in one hotel room. I'm talking disgusting, putrid, vile in the, in the nostrils of God. I said, we got to be careful with these people because we let our kids worship them. We let our kids put their pictures on the walls in their rooms. We let our kids wear their clothes and say, this is my hero. Hey, I'm sorry to tell you all tonight, but I never had a hero that wore a jersey. My heroes carried Bibles.
1: I want my kids to know that the holiest thing
0: on this earth is a godly man of God that will preach righteousness and truth. I want
1: my kids to look at men of God and say, that's what I want to be like.
0: It's a heart problem. There's a heart problem with humanity. We can sit around and talk about the heart problem of humanity and not deal with the heart problem of the church. If there's still confusion in the body of Christ, is there any wonder that there's confusion in our children? When we sit down with our babies at the table and have the ministry for supper, I hope security team's ready tonight. We sit down at the table with our kids and tell them we don't have to do that just because pastor preached that. What pastor don't know won't hurt him. Folks, listen, I'm not here to be ugly, but if your kids see something different on vacation than they see on Sunday at church, I've been with my children where there were slot machines, gambling tables. They never saw their daddy get up and preach against gambling, then walk up to the craps table and give it a shot. Brother Snow, I believe you could finish this tonight. (laughs) Kids, don't tell nobody. Don't say nothing to your friends at church when we get home. Don't don't tell your friends at church what we did on vacation. Hey, folks, Jesus goes on
1: vacation with you. Jesus don't like social drinking if it's on your job or on vacation. we got to raise a standard.
0: Yes, I'm that guy. That if I order a pina colada, I want to be sure that it's not in the same kind of glass that everybody else is drinking them in. Because I don't want my good to be evil spoken of. Does everything we do or don't do have to be a clearly defined sin? Or could it actually just leave a mark on my witness and do damage? need somebody to raise a standard. We need standard bearers that'll quit spitting out computerized Christianity that presents information without love and facts without understanding and knowledge without impartation. We need somebody that can walk into a room and answer the difficult questions that people ask. Do you know why our neighbors are having a hard time falling in love with apostolic truth? because we're still having a hard time being sure we're convinced it's right. right. Brother Miller, I'm as sure today as I've ever been that this apostolic message is the only way that we're going to see God. I believe we've still got to follow peace with all men and holiness. Without such, no man... Child, oh God. No man shall see God. We are more organized than we've ever been. We're more streamlined than we've ever been. Our computerized form of Christianity has been as effective as trying to melt an iceberg with a match. We're walking into big problems just spewing out Acts 2.38, thinking it's going to fix it. People don't care if I can quote Acts 2.38 if I'm not convinced that it's the only way to be saved. Well, somebody say amen or owe me. In my office I dreamed that somebody would have been standing clapping right there. We're struggling to reach our nation. We stand around griping about the nation while our children are in the same house as us. And we're letting them be babysat Preach. by Disney, Preach. by wizards and witchcraft. Right. Come on. Yes, f- folks, listen. Come on. Walk on. This is not political. No, sir. Right. This whole thing that they're, they're trying to do with all these theme parks and all that. They, you can't legislate morality. You ain't going to legislate morality. You're either going to love God or you're going to love the world. And I, and I get it. I get it. You know, if you go buy Starbucks, you're supporting this. And if you go to Target and shop, you're supporting this. Folks, you've got to live your life. If my wife quit going to Starbucks, it'd save me money. But I, you, you understand what I'm saying? There's a difference, and and i got to be very careful how I say this because I'm not taking some big giant stand right now trying to sound like some great big hero, but there's a difference in letting your kids ride a ride and letting your kids be entertained day in and day out 24 hours a day by the entertainment of this world. I've been to Kings Island when we were the only righteous people standing in line. And then I'd get grossed out by girls in booty shorts sitting on the rail. Then everybody else was running their hands down, walking down through there. I'm like, no thank you, I don't need a rail. (laughs) For the love of God, make your daughters bear a better standard than that. Your daughter is not a
1: cheap, valueless piece of meat. She's a child of God.
0: I'm about to wear out my welcome. I know I am. But there are some things that I want God. I thank God that he reserved just for me and my marriage. And I don't want the whole world seeing what I'm supposed to see in my house. I don't want my wife walking around with her body hanging out. Why? Because I know how dudes think. Can I get an amen, Brother Harrison, from the marriage ministry corner? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to finish I'm trying to get there Ain't that right Mark I'm trying to get there Listen I want to tell y'all something Listen to Pastor Don't let me lose you <laughs> You're dismissed I want all the men that are married in this church to stand up If you're married or have a fiancé in this church, I want you to stand right now. If I had you men by myself in a room, I'd say the same thing to you. I wish I did. Brother Tony, this ain't a men's ministry thing, but you come up here and stand by me, would you? Come here. I love this man. You're a great man, Brother Tony. I want him to come up here because I want you to know. That he stands with his pastor, not stand with him as our men's ministry director. Men, I'm going to preach to you right now. If you disagree, it's all right. We'll talk later. (laughs) If you wanted a woman that was worldly, seductive, sensual, and acted like a whore, then that's what you should have married But quit putting pressure on your godly, precious, holy wife to be a sex symbol in this world. She is your helpmate. Precious sisters, if you wanted a sugar daddy, that's what you should have got. But you prayed
1: for a man of God. And if you've got a man that tells your kids they're going to be in church every time the doors are open, go home and give God praise for a man that will provide for his family spiritually and physically. We've got to raise a standard. Men, we've got to be men of God in our homes. Women, we got to be women of God in our homes. We've got to raise a standard on more than Sunday night. Who is she?
0: She is the church of the living God. She is as terrible as a woman. That's under a banner. She is as terrible as an army. People can say what they want to. But there is a difference in somebody that's sold out and somebody that's sold out. Come on now. I'm just about finished. I've been preaching four hours and ten minutes. Y'all wore out. I'm almost done. There is an answer. You hear me tonight? There's an answer to the chaos of this world. God is equipping and preparing and anointing His church to be standard bearers, to be a mighty army. That stands on the foundational truths of the word of God. And they will not relent. And they don't have any intentions of acquiescing to the spirit of this age. We're not going to turn our back on the voice of God. And we're not going to turn our back on the man of God. Hey, I'm telling you folks. I take this job serious. When I stand between heaven and hell every week. And I preach to you precious people. Pastor, why would you do this on a Sunday night? Because I'm going to stand before God. And I'm going to give an account when I should have kept on standing. If I sat down and
1: quit preaching. I refuse to quit preaching. <laughs> Acts 3 and 19.
0: Acts 3 and 19. It said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Whom he shall send. Whom he shall send. Y'all go with me tonight. I want to read this. He shall send Jesus Christ. Which before was preached unto you. Whom the heaven must receive. Until the times of restitution of all things. Which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. God is searching for that fierce woman. For that fierce army He is searching for a people and a remnant Who are repentant Who are refreshed And who are restored And are eagerly expecting the coming of the Lord When the Lord comes back I want him to look down at FPC In Anderson, Indiana And I want him to find a bride That's anticipating the coming
1: of the Lord We're not trying to figure out how much we can do And get by with We have fallen in love with the master and we're proud to wear his standard
0: I close with this tonight But God is looking for standard bearers just like Jonathan's armor bearer who looked at Jonathan and he said whatever the Lord tells you to do I'm not saying this to be self-serving tonight. Y'all know that. I'm going to tell you, we need a generation that will say, Pastor, whatever you say. Pastor, well, what if you preach something that's in the book? You're in the wrong church. If you're still wondering whether or not I'm going to stay in the book, I got 22 years here. Last month was my 10th anniversary as your senior pastor. Can you believe that? 10 years that I've been your senior pastor. 22 years that I've been preaching in this church. And if you're worried that I'm going to walk out of the word, you don't trust my soul. We need a spirit that will get on some folks and say, Pastor, whatever you preach, whatever you say, we're going to stand with it. Pastor, we're going to be behind you. If you want to preach against sin, just look. We're going to be right there
1: with you. Whatever your heart says, Pastor, whatever you got to do, we're going to stand with you.
0: We need some standard bearers. Just like Elisha who stayed by Elijah's side. And He said, man of God, when he asked him, he said, what do you want? He said, let a double portion. Get on me. Brother Wendell, I want a double portion to fall on this generation that is so in love with holiness that is so in love with righteousness they are so in love with godliness they are so in love with being apostolic they are not ashamed when we walk into public places that they look different than the world it's a double double portion of godliness and righteousness that rests on this generation
1: we need some elijah's to say pastor whatever you're preaching i'll take a double portion
0: Close, let me be very transparent with you. We need some standard bearers like Aaron and her, who held up Moses' hands during the battle so that the enemy would be defeated. Moses' hands were heavy because, church, this fight can exhaust a man. Just being honest. My wife can tell you the parts of me that nobody ever sees. But it's not just carrying the burden to this pulpit. It's carrying the burden out of this pulpit after you've preached what thus saith the Lord. And you go home on Sunday night and literally fall in the bed and collapse. Because you're so weary from carrying it. And the pressure that I realize that I have three precious children. That God has trusted me with. That know that if, if I live something besides what I preach in this church. That I am absolutely a heretic. And I am a hypocrite. I need some people in this church like Aaron and her. That when people say things about your church. I can't believe you guys don't go there. You guys seriously don't watch that? You guys, really? You guys don't do that? What's wrong with your pastor? I need an Aaron and a herd that'll step up underneath the arms of your pastor and say, it ain't just my pastor's conviction. God put it on me. We don't want to be like this world. you've heard me say this folks but I mean it And every now and then I just have to restate it to this congregation I'm so thankful for the people that God sends here the precious people that are here God's blessing this church with some unbelievable people like brother Jake my man I love him thank God he's here but you know what I'd be ashamed, Brother Bess, if the precious people God sent to this church when they got here, they found out that we didn't really believe what people said we believed. There are backsliders at home tonight. Maybe you're watching online right now. Backsliders that'll watch this video and hear this podcast. That they're getting ready to make their move and come back home. But you know what scares me, Sister Darla? What scares me is that when that prodigal comes home, he may not recognize the house because we've changed the house so much. What do you think that prodigal would have done if when he came home because of the decisions he made, his daddy started allowing that same kind of riotous living in the home that used to teach against it? we fill this church up with 5000 but only 4999 of them are filling the pew and only one or two of us still believe the truth have we done anybody favors <laughs> I want what God does in this church to be so pure and so righteous that, Elder, we want to be righteous. We want to do the will of God. Listen, you may not have a family here tonight that's your own blood, but we are a family here. If you have a blood family here, you have your children here tonight and they're, they'll, they'll do this. If they're, if they're underage, you just bring them anyway. But if you got a family here tonight, I want you to bring your family towards the front. You don't have to come all the way up, whatever. It's going to fill up quick. But I want you to bring your kids to this altar tonight, and your wife to this altar tonight. And we're going to lay hands. I'm not going to lay hands on you. You're going to lay hands on one another. If you do not have your family here tonight but you have children here or or you want to be committed to God like you've never been committed to God, I want you to come forward. You're not left out tonight because you don't have children here. I want you to come forward tonight. If you want to be committed to God like you've never been committed to God, I'm not asking you to commit to this, to this assembly. I'm asking you to make a commitment to God tonight. If you want to be a part of this woman who is as a terrible army that's under a banner I want you right now to just begin to pray over one another if you don't have your family with you I want you to pray over somebody that's close to you come on Who is she? She is the bride of Christ. It's time to raise a standard. Come on, children of God. Come on. You may be praying tonight and say, Brother St. Clair, I, I don't understand everything about what you're saying, but I do want to go deeper with God. If that's you tonight, I just want you to ask the Lord to take you deeper. We'll help you. We'll teach you Bible studies. We'll disciple you. We'll teach you what the Word says. But if you want to go deeper tonight, I just want you to tell the Lord that. God, I want to make a commitment to you like I've never made in my life. I want to live for you. With all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. I want to live for you. I want my kids to live for you. I want my spouse to live for you. God, I want to serve you. That's it, brothers. Pray over your wives. That's it, sisters. Pray over your husbands. Pray over your children. That's it, church. Pray over one another. Come on, let the Holy Ghost touch you. Holy Ghost, move in this room right now. Touch the hearts of these precious men and women, God. Touch the hearts of these precious people, Lord. You let me preach to them tonight, God. Let your spirit touch them. God, you have called me. You have anointed me. You've ordained me to be the shepherd of this flock. I pray, God, blessings on their home. I pray blessings on their finances. I pray, God, for holiness to grip their hearts and righteousness, a love for truth. Hallelujah. That's it, Mama. Intercede for
1: your babies.